the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Gene and Chris on the Paracast this week. We've got a lot to say about last week, but before we do that, you know, we do talk quite often about the forums at forum.theparacast.com. You know, that's the place where you ask questions of our guests. And the advantage over just doing this on the phone, as some radio shows do, is that you can interact with other members and fine-tune your questions and get into other issues. It becomes a more interactive way of communicating, not just with us, but with the guests. And sometimes the guests themselves open up accounts in our forums. So Chris Aubeck, who was on just a couple of weeks ago, he has joined our forums and is willing to answer your questions. In fact, he was remarking there that because he lives in Madrid, Spain, he doesn't speak English as much as he used to, so he welcomes the opportunity to maybe come back on the Paracast in the near future. So how about that, Chris? Yeah, well, that's a good thing. We also see here that our forum members have all sorts of interests. They talk about politics predictively. They talk about music. They talk about their favorite films. So, for example, one of our active participants in the forums is a gentleman from Germany, Polterwurst. And he asks just brilliant questions. We're always asking his questions, or I guess. And he tells me he likes Gene Hackman films. So we were having a back and forth discussion about his favorite Gene Hackman film. I guess he likes the French connection. Myself, I like the supporting role he did in Enemy of the State yeah. because that's so much a film about our national security state. And if you watch that film, it was a Jerry Bruckheimer film starring Will Smith with Gene Hackman. You will see reality like 10 years earlier, how things are today. <laughs> Enemy of the state. Also, John Voight is in that. So really, really great cast, great film. I recommend you stream it if it's on Netflix. It's just really interesting how scary it is and how it predicts the ability to do surveillance on everybody. Let's get back to last week's guest, Robert Salas. You know, I don't know whether I could say, Chris, that I was surprised about him, about what he said in reading the book, or a little disappointed. Because we know he's a pretty serious guy, a straight shooter. We know about his involvement in Malmstrom. We know about the fact that he has appeared on national press conferences talking about his experience and that of other people in the military asking for some kind of disclosure. It turns out he's an abductee. He was abducted by them. And that's okay, except I'm a little concerned with the process he underwent to try to recover memories about it. What do you think, Chris? Well, yeah, you know, again, as we've discussed many times on the Paracast, the abduction phenomenon is probably uh, infinitely more complicated and has, I think, psychological elements that aren't generally factored in by the true believer crowd. And, you know, this particular example, I think, would be a good one uh, to look at for some sort of clues as to how a person's uh, predisposition, a hypnotist predisposition, might somehow color or alter or even create uh, the impression that uh, it were details uh, that a person might uh, have related to this very controversial subject, that of abduction. So, you know, again, I'm, I find it very strange that um, a person his age should uh, be experiencing these types of 
of encounters. Uh, they're very, very rare over, let's say, the age of 30. So, you know, again, I, it came as a bit of a surprise. I do now recall a number of years ago when he made some sort of announcement online about uh, he and his wife having a, an, an unusual experience. So it, it didn't come as a, completely as a surprise because it kind of jogged my memory. But you just got to scratch your head, Jane, and just wonder if someone has had some sort of close encounter type or close proximity experience that 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 may indeed make them more susceptible to these types of experiences, if you will, or memories of experiences. Uh, Mike Cleland has come up with an interesting observation, I think, a number of weeks ago, relating close proximity UFO sightings with a higher incidence of uh, witnesses being uh, reporting being abducted. So, you know, there may be something to that. We may uh, have to dive into this subject, I think, a little bit more in depth in the future. Uh, maybe have Mike back on the show and you know, or maybe have uh, somebody out there that uh, has some ideas of how there is a correlation between abduction experiences and uh, as being subsequent to having close proximity UFO uh, encounters. Kathleen Marden, who, who, of course, was Betty Hill's niece. Kathleen might be back on the show soon. I've been in touch with her. And she has a pretty straight ahead outlook on UFO abductions. She is a certified hypnotherapist. And this is where we get into the big problem with abduction and abduction research. We know, for example, with Salas, he'd read about the subject before he had his encounter. He was hypnotized, I believe, by John Mack and also by Dr. David Jacobs. Now, John Mack, I understand. This guy was a doctor, a scientist. Dr. David Jacobs, on the other hand, and I don't know. I mean, I think the guy is sincere. I think some of his theories are a little bit out there, such as millions of people being abducted about a UFO hybrid kind of race and such. But I do remember one of our former co-hosts, Paul Kimball, famously saying, that he would never want to be hypnotized by someone like a Dr. David Jacobs because he's not a trained hypnotherapist. Right. He's an English professor, I believe. I, I turned down, I don't know how many uh, suggestions and in, in actual requests to, uh, to undergo, uh, you know, hypno-regression therapy. You know, sometimes <laughs> consciously letting the sleeping dog lie and, and, and uh, ignorance is bliss and all that, uh, you, you know, there's something to be said for that. And being someone who did have a, an experience very early on at a young age, I've you know, I'm okay with that. I don't really need to know more. Um, I have quite a bit of conscious recollection of the experience, which will be with me till <laughs> the end of my days. But uh, do I want to dig into that and find out more? Do I want to find out about six hours of missing time I had in the Utah desert in the middle of BF nowhere? Uh, not really. I <laughs> Call me, uh, I don't know, a wimp or something or... Um, you know, I just don't feel compelled to find out more. I'm I'm okay. It's all right. You don't want to open up the sleeping can of worms. And I should point out that our original co-host on this show had reported some of his experiences. And I've been skeptical of some things he said. But he had been aching, I think, to tell us before he left the show that he may also have been abducted. In fact, one of the last appearances he made, he brought on someone who had worked with Bud Hopkins, the late Bud Hopkins, a guy named Doug, 
who was an abductee. And I formed a bit of a acquaintanceship with Doug, and I talked a lot about his experiences. But I just thought, our original co-host, was he abducted? He was trying to drive that point home and not ready to say it. Maybe someday he'll calm down because he still has a lot of anger about things in his life. He'll calm down someday and tell us. Speaking of people who have things to tell us, you've brought another special guest here, someone who doesn't go on shows very often. No, he doesn't. And uh, Ron is a real close, dear friend of mine that's... uh uh, I've known him for 20 years almost now, and uh, he's actually moved uh, down here to my uh, part of central Arizona from Utah, where he uh, had retired from the aerospace industry. He was the state director for Utah. Of course, we are talking about Ron Regeer, just one of the sweetest teddy bear guys you'd ever want to meet. Uh, he's just a wonderful friend and, and off the charts, brilliant. Um, he's extremely intelligent. He's been involved in some of the most uh, sensitive development projects uh, within our space program, within the military defense uh, side of the space program. And uh, he's been very uh, crafty and has been able to uh, talk about some of his uh, work over the years. And uh, I really think he's going to make a great guest. And I'm looking forward to having him back on the show. Ron Regeer joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I didn't realize, and this shows you how old I must be getting, that prior to this episode, we had Ron Regeer on the Paracast back in 2010. How time flies when you're having fun. Sure, this was one of the early guests that Chris brought on the show. He had been working as a co-host from about the spring of 2010. And he brought on lots of interesting, fascinating guests. And you were somebody with lots of interesting things to tell us. But a lot of listeners have joined the Paracast since your first appearance on the show. And I was hoping here, before we get down and dirty into what's going on, maybe you could quickly recite for our listeners first how you got involved in UFOs. Was it a personal experience or just reading about it? And then we can get into your aerospace background. So, Ron, welcome back to the Paracast. Let's find out. Where did it begin with you? It began back in the 50s. I don't know how many of your audience members, your audience, are going to remember the, the cheesy uh, Class B Saturday matinee science fiction movies. But that was what got me started. My hand is raised. <laughs> I was very young. My father used to take me to the movie theaters over on Times Square in New York City. Yeah, where I was in Wichita, Kansas, we could get in for uh, seven up soda pop bottle cap, or uh, I think it was a uh, Roman meal bread wrapper. Either one of those would get us into a Saturday matinee. There was, uh, and I just fell in love with some of the early serials, always leaving the hero in a lurch, and then the following week you go there and find out it really wasn't as bad as it looked. 
he always had a reasonable way to get out of it. But it was that was what got me really started interested in it. There was a serial and, called Radar Men from the Moon, and one of the villains was young Leonard Nimoy. I actually have the Beast video of that, Radar Men on the Moon, the VCR tape of that. Oh, you I can believe it. The special <laughs> effects uh, that, were terrible. The oh, acting was they, worse. Oh, yeah, the, the, they actually used sparklers on a, a bottle that they slid around on a wire, and the sparklers were supposed to emulate the rock exhaust. <laughs> it was so, so bad it was good. I think they could resurrect those and bring them back and make a fortune off of them. But that was what got me started. And then the, the seed had already been planted when in October 57, the, the Soviets launched Sputnik. And that was sort of, sort of related. You know, it's something in space. They got it something that we don't have, they being the Soviets, or now the Russians, or those aliens, whoever the aliens are, or if they are alien, whatever they are. Anyway, they have something that flies faster, longer than ours. How do they do that? Why do they do that? And that was when I decided I wasn't going to let, quote, those damn commies, unquote, beat us. So I, from then, then on, I decided I was going to become an aeronautical engineer. I didn't even know what one was, but I'd heard the term, and I wanted to be one. So that's what got me started. Now, getting interested in UFOs, did you read some of those early books? Yeah, I got a, uh, not too many, though, because I, I didn't have real access to them. Uh, subsequently, I've got uh, almost all the early ones. I've got uh, Major Keel's early works, and uh, Willie Lay was, uh, was an early space scientist, and uh, I, I almost thought that was science fiction the way it read. It was so fascinating to me. But I've actually, other than one book I ran across, I'm still unpacking for moving, uh, uh, Cantable for Leibowitz. Uh, I don't recall ever reading a science fiction book. I just, for some reason, I didn't want to allow my mind to be contaminated, if you will, so that later on I would confuse, is that something I read or something I witnessed or something somebody told me that, was, that they claimed to be true? That was just so idiosyncrasy on my part. So I've never really been a fan of science fiction. Go for that all the time. Just an interesting point that occurs to me as you say that. Later on when you were working with MUFON and investigating yeah. UFO cases, did you consider in talking to witnesses whether they had been preconditioned or exposed to science fiction in making observations about what they saw? Yeah, it, yes, in a, in an obtuse way. I, I, one of the things we always try to do, or never try to do, depending on your perspective, is lead the witness by you know, asking questions that may direct their answers. And so that would not be a direct question, but it would, you know, just remind you of anything and that, that sort of question as opposed to more direct about science fiction, but yes. So it was, it's a fine line, and I think that's one of the main things we, one of the things we try to teach investigators in MUFON is to never lead the witness, to, to listen carefully, and uh, try to discern what's really going on, because a lot of people, good witnesses, tend to want to make the interviewer happy, so to speak. They want to give the interviewer the 
the answer that they think the interviewer wants to hear. And so, so, and Chris, I'm sure, has witnessed the same thing. When you ask a witness to describe something, it's so important not to say, wow, well, I'm getting enthusiastic when they even, even shift your eyes and body language when they come up with the point. Because a lot of times they'll feed on that enthusiasm and the whole right. interview is shot. Yeah, you need to use the uh, the Jack Webb approach from the old drag that the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Oh, the, <laughs> Jack Webb was the greatest actor in terms of the stone face. Oh, fantastic. He was amazing at so that. that was, yeah, that was... Uh, that was a, a difficult thing to, to learn, but it, it didn't take too long. And uh, I just finished up writing, well, it was, it's been a year now, the uh, sixth edition of the Buffalo Field Investigators Manual, 300-some-odd pages that uh, that never really had a cohesive set of instructions coupled with procedures. And so I wrote that and finished that up and got that distributed to them. And that's where we outline some of these techniques and things to do and things not. Now, we'll get to the transition from reading about UFOs to becoming an aerospace engineer in a moment. But in producing this manual for MUFON investigators, how do you treat abductions? Abductions are... Uh, we were just talking in the manual about investigating abductions. And again, it's, it's an extremely sensitive area with uh, with the abductees. They, they, some of them just really, really do not wish to discuss it what at all. And so it, it's a critical interview on with them. It, it's almost like interviewing. I, I would imagine I've never done this, but I, I, I draw the parallel of uh, interviewing a racist. Because they are victims. Uh, many of them are not aware they're victims and think it's the greatest thing that ever happened to them in their entire life. Well, I'll and, tell you, if it happened to me, I'd be running for the streets and screaming or something, get me out of here. It's one of the well, things I would dread ever happening. Let me do our break here. We have Ron yeah. Regeer joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, proflowers.com is the key. 
Pro Flowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 Blooms for $19.99. Plus, Pro Flowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com. Click the blue microphone in the top right corner and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 126 serving three square meals unit. One case normally 164.37 sale price at only 138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guys Fall Chili Special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the Fall Chili Special and Three Square Meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage. Period. What good is a big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey Water Filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Ron Regeer joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast this week. We're talking about Ron's background in UFO research. We haven't really got into his work thing yet. But since he had worked on the MUFON investigator's manual, I wanted to get into the subject of UFO abductions. So that's an interesting thing that you mentioned here, that some people to whom this happens, they consider it something good, even if they were kidnapped or supposedly kidnapped from the sanctity of their homes taken aboard a spaceship, subjected to very primitive medical experiments, and that's good? I'm wondering here. It turns out that a lot of what they experience is hidden behind what is called a a false memory or a mask. They're actually events 
they don't really recall. That sometimes comes out uh, as a result of hypnosis. Sometimes uh, trauma will reveal it. Uh, sometimes we've found the, the human body has an amazing muscle memory, if you will. And a certain touch will trigger all of those memories that have been covered by this false memory illusion that uh, the aliens seem to want to implant on people. And all the real memories will come flooding back. That's why it's really a uh, touchy, touchy thing. And uh, I would recommend that unless and until one receives a really special, I, I won't say training, but uh, education, that they avoid attempting to uh, discuss abductions with people. It's just, it's just too, too sensitive an area. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Raymond Fowler write the original investigator's manual? And, of course, he's famous for his uh, his interrupted journey, isn't he? Wasn't he the one that wrote the Betty Hill? No, uh, that was uh, John Fuller. John Fuller. Oh, I get uh, Raymond Fowler and John Fuller mixed up. Well, I don't seem to recall much about abductions in the original manual. There, there was a, That was the, the original manual and the subsequent revisions there, too, were all performed under the auspices of uh, our founder, Walter Andrus. And he did not want to get involved in abductions at all. They were anathema to him because they were, quote, unscientific. And he was of the firm belief that it was all hokum and much akin to, you know, Billy Bob and Cyrus getting on a a flying saucer with the little green men and going to the planet uh, Venus overnight and having dinner with the Grand Poobah and flying back and getting to see how the Earth was going to be destroyed if we didn't clean up the ozone hole and marry our cousin or something. I mean, it was a bizarre period of time, but uh, I'm sure some of the older people recall. <laughs> they got the, the science fiction movies of the 50s mixed up with uh, the, the abduction crowd. And so as a result, Walt just refused to even consider abductions as part of the UFO repertoire. How long have you been a member of MUFON? When did you first join? Oh my goodness. Uh, been 30 years or more. I wow. Know that. So you were a member of MUFON when you were uh, involved in the aerospace industry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. I didn't realize that. I was quite active in Buffon, Orange County, which is, uh, we start out uh, meeting once once every two weeks and collecting up, passing the hat to collect money for paying the telephone bill to keep the uh, the hotline open. Later right. on, it became one of the largest, most driving chapters in all of uh, Buffon. Well, it still is. But, yeah. And it's uh, the chapter that uh, the current director of MUFON resides at, at the uh, Dan Harzan. Dan Harzan, yeah. He's an OC guy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a, a long journey, and it's been, been rocky path on occasion, but for the most part, it's a, it's a good organization, like any organization. You get that many people involved, and there's going to be some disagreements and so confusion and even dissension on occasion. But uh, Jan's been a, a steady hand at the helm, so to speak. It, we're getting all those, many of those things straightened out. 
Let's move back into your background before we get back into UFO research. Now, you became an aerospace engineer. Was this in any way influenced by your interest in UFOs or something that you just wanted to do? It was more the uh, Soviet launches, but uh, I've always had an interest in aircraft, high-speed aircraft. That was... And, you know, theirs are faster than ours. How do they do that? And that was part of it. But the actual real trigger that uh, was the Sputnik. So that was that was what really triggered my, I've got to get, get going and get something done along this line. Okay, so what kind of achievements did you have in your career? What kind of work did you do? Well, I started out... Uh, with me doing the interconnection wiring on the Saturn Apollo moon rocket. All of the well, that's a heck of a way to start. Well, I was I was just lucky to be in the right place at the right time. That was when in aerospace there was such an acute shortage of engineers. If, if you had a pulse and could spell engineer, you were one almost. It was it was the glory days and. So I was working at uh, Douglas Aircraft, later McDonnell Douglas, uh, part of uh, Boeing Aircraft. But uh, uh, doing the interface wiring, I was responsible for routing wires. That's uh, not very glamorous, but uh, somewhat important. And then uh, at the same time on weekends, I was having a good time working on an old racing thing at uh, the airport. Stripping the fabric off and getting the glue off of the frame and getting it ready to restore. And this old guy there in a welder's hat and a pair of coveralls was there. And about the third week, we had lunch together. And during the course of the discussion, we found out, gee, we both worked at Douglas and we both worked at Huntington Beach. And he said, he designed this racer. And would I like to see the blueprints? And I said, I'd love to. So come on up to my office, Monday, and I'll show you. Well, it turns out his office was on the top floor of the plant, and he was the vice president of Douglas and president of that facility. So while we were up there going over the blueprints, and like little kids, and it was so much fun, his secretary called in and said, you know, you're 10 o'clock or something like that is here. And it turned out to be the director of NASA's story about Stephen Civil, the astronauts. And they were interested in doing, figuring out what to do with the, what would be surplus Saturn 4B, the third stage of Saturn Apollo, Saturn 5. Because our, our missions have been successful. If you're old enough, you remember how our our rockets always crashed and there was a there's been several T V shows that show these early rocket launches tumbling over and falling down, exploding in glorious flames and uh so that's why they, you know, the astronauts were heroes because nobody wanted to even be close to those darn things. It was like sitting on a stick of dynamite. So Anyway, they, we, we were successful with our boat launches, and we planned on, you know, the planning was, not that we planned on losing it, but the planning was that we would probably lose three launch vehicles, three missions would, would fail. And that's why we built so many of them. And then when they did fail, now we got these leftovers, what do we do with them? So the, that was what the purpose of the meeting was. 
and I was told to, you know, stick around. You might enjoy this. So I did. He called my boss, and then from then on, I was working for him for, oh, I guess it was a couple of months, which is kind of kind of cool. Uh, I got to go to the head of the line at the duplicating machine, which was uh, a biggie then because they had an operator and everybody was standing in line to make photocopies. So, and, um, but I got to work on and help develop our nation's very first space station, the Skylab. Let's go into more of his achievements. Ron Regeer, joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. 
A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ron McGear is talking about working on the Skylab as part of his distinguished career in aerospace. Ron? Yeah. yeah the Skylab was our, our first space station. That was the hull of the S-4B, the third stage of the Saturn Apollo moon rocket. And it converted that to uh, a habitable quarters, short-sleeve environment, meaning that the astronauts could live inside this vehicle for a period of time without wearing the bulky cumbersome spacesuits. And so that was our goal, which we achieved. And uh, it was a little bit embarrassing because the uh, Skylab had two uh, wings deployed, if you will, uh, pixel or ray panels to give it power. And one of the, the wings failed to deploy. And, of course, it had to be the, quote, right wing, which really raised a lot of heckles amongst the staunch Republicans that uh, there was a right wing failure. But, uh, oh, boy. You don't have much to complain about. Just you complain what you can. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was a, a very successful launch, and uh, it was aborted early because of the the lack of sufficient generating power because of the failure of the solar rays. But uh, it was, it showed that it paved the way for our later space station, International Space Station is still working. And, uh, well, and it was also uh, a point of, of kind of an early effort at detente because didn't we uh, at one point dock with the Soyuz? Uh, was that, was that, was that the one that uh, we docked with the Soviets? And It was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that was that was pretty early on. That was back when the Cold War was still hot and heavy. Oh yeah, yeah, we were still fighting that one. And it's interesting to bring that up because a lot of us in in the business didn't care about the Cold War, and uh, per se, because the Soviets got a lot of the same scientists that worked shoulder to shoulder at uh, Finland. They with Werner von Braun that. Uh, 
you know, we, we wanted to get them. The Soviets got there, and we, because during World War II, when we split up the booty of World War II, we were we were all buddies and hugging and kissing until uh, everybody came home and realized what had happened. So there was a, a little bit of jealousy, but at the same time, it was a common goal to go to the moon. And, uh, so I asked the I guess you could say the professional level, at the working man's level, whatever. We were, we were still we're trying to work together, and we achieved that. I thought that was a pretty good achievement. Now, I have a big question that we always ask here about the space program. What happened? Why did all the development kind of stop in terms of getting to other planets and everything you know we kind of envisioned by the 2001 we'd be on mars or jupiter or something not just because of 2001 a space odyssey so it seems as if after that initial flurry of development in the space program after the moon flights we never had that intensity of interest there anymore so the combination of things primarily funding we had a little speed bump in the history called the Vietnam War. Uh, five, after I left Douglas, the first, very first job I had was doing some contract cleanup for, I forget the name of the project, it was a 260 inch diameter solid rocket single stage to orbit booster. And that would have. 260 inches. Think about it. A rocket that's over 20 foot wide. It was so big. We dug a hole in the ground and the rocket would face downward because we not put the rocket in that hole in order to test it because we, we didn't know for sure how to build a structure fast enough and strong enough to support, to, be, to withstand the thrust of that rocket. So, dug a hole and let it point straight down. So, but that that was canceled because of the Vietnam War. We didn't have any funding. And that was a, the biggest problem on everything was getting funding. And it's it's in a, uh, we were fortunate for our moon launches that President Kennedy had shared his vision, and the American people bought into it. And that was that was really our 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 main impetus when he publicly stated we were going to send people to the moon and return them safely within the decade. And I think if Kennedy would have lived, uh, one the war would have probably not been as big as it was, and would have uh, propelled the space age along a much longer course, uh, completely different from where we went. So your feeling here is that if Kennedy had survived, we would not have increased our involvement in the Vietnam War, which is a very common impression, and also that our space program would not have gone as it did, where after the moon program, well, we had the space shuttle, but none of the intensity. Now, do you think that was a big mistake, though? Is there any way we could resurrect the space program. I mean, we're living in a time of now austerity, where we it's believed the government spends too much. Let's just try to funnel it out into private industry. Let them figure it out. Why should we be involved except maybe just to approve the programs? 
Well, in, in some ways, that's, that is happening. Uh, Bob Bigelow's planning on having a space hotel, if you will. Uh, I believe he's scheduled to launch uh, next year sometime early. And uh, that would be a big stepping stone on getting the planets. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tough challenge. I mean, it's, and there has to be a sufficient reward or enticement to get people interested in wanting to go. And, you know, it's one thing to, to, to first to sit back, but when, when people are uh, concerned about uh, Ebola, when they're, you know, the border security, uh, ISIS, I mean, we've got a lot of, of items on our plate that, that tend to make people say, well, yeah, let, let's, let's go to the planets, but by golly, I think we should maybe consider doing this first, whatever this is. And we've got a lot of this is on our plate. And I think if times were a little more stable and we had a little more, I mean, the stock market is hanging right now, as all week. That makes it very difficult to convince somebody to get maybe $3 trillion to uh, have somebody plant a flag on them. <laughs> well, let's find the 2.2 trillion that Donald Rumsfeld announced uh, was missing from the Department of Defense on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be nice if we knew where that was. We could use it. But, uh... Well, I also, Ron, I have a question here from a first-time poster. This is his first time he's posted at forum.theparacast.com. He calls himself Roadkill, and uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, why? But uh, he says, since you have a history of being involved with space exploration and surveillance as a uh, aerospace engineer, what is your take on this private space uh, company push uh, for taking over NASA's job? And do you think that the up and coming business of space tourism, such as described uh, with Robert Bigelow's uh, proposed hotel and uh, Virgin uh, Galactic, do you think it will ever f- force open the door for disclosure? You think that this might uh, inadvertently play a part in the uh, disclosure process? It, it could very well. Uh, I've maintained for for years. Anybody that cares to listen, uh, and, and most people don't anymore. <laughs> but uh, we we won't have the disclosure for quite a while, and and the reason is nobody really wants it. The, the aliens don't want it because if they did, that. Just as the old trite saying goes, land on the White House lawn. It would, would take much for them to disclose. Uh, the government obviously doesn't want to disclose it, else they would. And there has to be some motivation, and I don't know of any motivation to get them to disclose it. And the people don't want it. They're more concerned about shiny little cars running around in oval tracks on Sunday and big men on little pieces of played a dick skin around it and hitting each other. (laughs) Let's get into more of this in our next segment with Ron Regeer joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. GCN. Proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother and his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, like when the jeweler ruined my ring and wouldn't do anything about it. 
But when my Legal Shield attorney called him and told him what my rights were, I received a check for over $2,100. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. Again, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Ron McGaird, wouldn't you think the public would want it if they knew there was something to disclose? If there was something that was to disclose that was effective in a positive manner. Nobody wants to find out that, well, you know, here's, here's the, the aliens have been here for 10,000 years and we're all descendants there from, you know, what is the pain inducement for disclosure? I mean, for most of us, it's, we're just as curious as all get out. Some people don't, even in the UFO community, don't want disclosure. That, that would be able to sell any more books. Okay, so, so you think there's a commercial reason here for some people here. Disclosure okay. puts them out of business. Well, there's a commercial reason, but I think more than anything else is a, a plethora of psychological reasons, of religious reasons, uh, financial reasons. I mean, if if we can go from, if, or if they, the aliens, to, to use that term, and I don't know that they really are, can go from interstellar space and travel maybe several light years in a very short period of time without stopping at their local Exxon station, then why don't we have that same technology where we could drive all over the place and not worry about it? I mean, it's a, it would raise all kinds of problems there. So big energy, probably, until and unless they could figure out how to monopolize it, they don't want it. Yeah. Uh, Talk about a can of worms. This, this, is, this is a barrel of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Politicians, I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of people that would look upon somebody that could travel from space 
and wanted to exploit it. I mean, they're as, as close to God as you can get. So the politicians never want to lose control. I mean, they scramble 365 days a year to become reelected. So, I mean, they're not, they're not going to give up anything. But the big question, Ron, though, is does the government, any government, know anything that should be disclosed? Sure. Uh, we've got several governments that have released some information, very little. Uh, let's take the Iranian case in 1976, I believe it was. 500,000 witnesses what, uh, to a UFO, if you will, battle between uh, F-4 Phantom or First Life fighter jets and a UFO. And the UFO was able to disable a First Life fighter. That's something that uh, isn't mentioned anymore. But that was common knowledge. It was uh, The State Department said that was the best case that ever seen. Yet it doesn't go anywhere. It never got legs. So they don't really want to talk about it. And until they do, they won't. The, the people don't want to know. People don't really care. They cared more about the state on Monica Lewinsky's dress than they did about anything else. Yes, uh, but do you think that if people knew that we're being visited by beings from another planet, highly advanced beings. They're really here. It's not just the movie Star Trek First Contact where the Vulcans are seeing the end of our civilization and we're trying to recover from some kind of cataclysm. It is this day and age. They're out there. They're here. They've been here. We wouldn't want to know about it? Oh, I think so. Who's going to tell them and how? And in such a manner as to convince them that they're telling the truth. That's a real big big challenge. Well, the big challenge is also how much information do the authorities really have? Well, if they had everything, the the stickler, as I see it, is really the abduction issue that you raised earlier. See, Mr. Mrs. Public, they're here, they've come from light years across deep space, and they've been here for years, and we know all about it, but we didn't want to tell you. And by the way, you know, they might come during the night and take you and, and your kids and dump your kids in a swimming pool and kill them. And they, you know, they, they make mistakes, but don't worry. They, you know, we, we've got your back. Well, not really, because we can't do anything about them either. Uh, so the government can't control them. The government can't even slow them down. But don't worry, the John Q. public. Uh, crack another beer and watch television. I mean, it's, 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 the abductions are a scary, frightening thing. They're the, an element of this entire scenario that, to me, puts a new wrinkle on it that would make it almost impossible to, to bring out. That also assumes the, that the abductions are precisely as described, that the people are talking about being kidnapped by alien beings. But the other question we sometimes raise when we talk about abductions is the possibility that the percipient, the experiencer, is not seeing the real event, but interpreting the real event. Yeah, and, and that's true. And a lot of the times the interpretation is when it's all those sunshine and unicorns. And so the, the interpretation that a lot of people do have is frightening when they find out what it is outside of their conscious awareness that may be through the doses. So, right. yeah, that's... Uh, Percipient's uh, response isn't always a conscious response. And that's what, what really makes it frightening to me. Well, and uh, you also have people like Stephen Greer 
who have been saying uh, for years that uh, abductions are not a real ET phenomenon, that it's actually our government doing it and that that uh, the ETs don't do things uh, negative to, to humans. Of course, uh, sophisticated, up-to-speed <laughs> listeners like we have here at the Paracast would have uh, have some exception to to that uh, particular assertion. But before we get too far adrift of something that you said prior about the 1976 Tehran uh, encounter uh, between, as you put it, uh, pretty much state-of-the-art uh, first-line jets and, and UFOs, we recently had John Alexander on the Paracast. And I mentioned that you had, had, had said at one point that DSP – uh, had actually seen this and that there was um, eyes on this particular event from space. And uh, he bristled at the, at that and said, well, that's never been made public. Uh, how do you know that? And I'm just wondering, uh, how much uh, do we actually know about the state of our surveillance technology and how it's being applied to the UFO question? Since we're talking about the government here, I, I've heard in the past that uh, many of our spy satellite systems, for instance, um, have an outward component to them, that they're actually looking outward as well as down. Uh, would you care to address this? And, and how much can you talk about that? Well, it's it's been a few years since I've been involved in that. But, uh, they have what is called an above-the-horizon viewing capability. And that was because if you're going to attempt to Let's assume for the moment that the mission is as stated. It's to detect a launch and attack against the continental United States by uh, enemy forces, whoever they may be. So if you're going to do that, then if you restrict yourself to looking strictly at the Earth disk, then you'll miss anything that's coming over the edge, so to speak. You know, anything that's on the other side of the Earth. So we developed a, what is called above-the-horizon viewing, where we could look above the Earth disk, which puts us looking into deep space. And that was uh, an early element of the uh, surveillance satellite uh, process. So we've got that capability. I can't help but think that uh, since one of the early founders of Aerojet was Kimball, and he had had a major sighting that that wasn't in the back of his mind when he was trying to uh, get everybody involved in space surveillance, but it wasn't ever mentioned publicly. But it was interesting that when I started speaking, while I was still in Florida, I started speaking about spy satellites. I wrote my book, How to Build a $125 Billion UFO Detector, which uh, was I, I used actual photographs and copies of sheets of publications of the DSP, hoping to get somebody to say something, somebody official, uh, maybe even the FBI. I was trying to elicit a response, and I never got one. We had a sighting of an object that came from deep space, crossed in front of one of our star sensors, uh, used to uh, determine precise attitude location. Uh, went, made a turn, went across the field of view in a stately fashion, uh, and proceeded to power its way out of the Earth's atmosphere back into deep space. Let's stop it uh, there and let's leave a cliffhanger. With Ron Regeer and Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. 
first came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Have you ever noticed how many sick and miserable people there are? I'm serious. I'm talking about people of all ages who have conditions and diseases which affect their quality of life. Most of them seem to have one thing in common, polypharmacy. That is dependence on multiple prescription drugs with side effects that actually make them sicker and sicker, not healthy. The good news is that people are waking up to the fact that if you supply your body with all of the nutrients it requires, you will feel better, be healthier, and have a better life. It's important to know that Beyond Tangy Tangerine is the 
the most amazing, great-tasting, comprehensive nutritional supplement. Besides supplying all the vitamins our bodies need, it also supplies the necessary minerals that are required for the vitamins to kick in. Look, folks, I'm hooked on it, and I think if you try it, you'll become hooked. This stuff really works. That's why I'm urging you to make it part of your daily health regimen. Visit InfoWarsTeam.com to secure your canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine today. Sign up for auto ship and save on shipping costs. That's Beyond Tangy Tangerine at InfoWarsTeam.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we have what is called the cliffhanger here. And every so often we have to do a break for some business. We're talking to Ron Regeer. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Ron, you were talking about this particular case, and we kind of stopped it there, dead in its tracks, but we need to move on. Let's continue with that. Okay. Uh, very brief summary, we had an object came from deep space, crossed in front of our satellite, and then went back out into deep space, and it never... Uh, it, it, it's on a stately fashion. It slowed down and then sped up again. Uh, space junk doesn't do that. Asteroids, meteors, shooting stars, whatever you want to call them, they don't behave that way. This one did. I talked about that. I, I, I couldn't get any response other than one time when I started talking about the stealth aircraft, I had uh, this, this Defense Investigative Service Organization come in and talk to me about that, that was interesting. Uh, your, your viewers would probably enjoy that. The investigating officer was Captain James Kirk. <laughs> and I, I started laughing when he introduced himself, and he ended up showing me his driver's license, a credit card, and several other forms of ID. He said, I get this all the time. He really hated that show. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he, he, was, um, he was more concerned about the uh, stealth fighter than anything else. And that was just, uh, I would say, probably cross-pollution. One aerospace engineer is a company, and there's, you know, we, we talk. That's what we uh, Everybody in the field talks to everybody else in the field, and it was just a slip of the tongue. But that was what he was concerned about. Didn't care about flying saucers. He thought that was cool. And I never did have any official... Say one thing way or the other about my work in the UFO research and with the spying with PSP. Never once. Did that embolden you to uh, kind of divulge more and more? Or did you take that as tacit that. approval? Or <laughs> I, I believe it was tacit approval, but I never crossed the line and I revealed anything classified. Right. Uh, I, well, well that, that brings me to another question from. Uh, forum.theparacast.com where our listeners are able to ask questions of our very good guests that we get here. And uh, this is another new uh, poster. This is only a second post and he saved it uh, for you, Ron, and it's a good one. He's sure that you are aware of NASA's footage from shuttle mission STS-48 that's been all over YouTube, all over the TV on, on many shows, and it shows what appears to be a UFO in space dodging a projectile fired from the Earth He's wondering, first of all, if this footage, in your opinion, is authentic. 
And uh, are you aware of the claims that this projectile was fired from Pine Gap, Australia? That's a, the two-parter. And then he would also like to know uh, what's the furthest distance a UFO has been recorded approaching Earth from space, to the best of your knowledge. Good questions. Okay. As far as Pine Gap, when I was there, there was no weapons systems there whatsoever. Uh, they may have added them later, but when I was there, there were no weapons. Uh, I, I, I can't speak for whether they added them later, whether they are there now, whether they were there and removed. I, I don't know. I, I can only speak from what I know. Uh, so I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm not going to make anything up, but uh, we can all speculate, and uh, I, I just really don't know. As far as the uh, sightings where it appeared that there was, let's see, you want to know. What was the other one? Was it came from deep? How far from deep space we may have seen the UFO? Right, and the other question would be the STS forty eight footage of what appears to be a UFO uh, dodging uh, what appears to be uh, some sort of projectile. Yeah, yeah I, I I've seen that, and I still don't know. I know we were doing some tests on uh, uh, laser uh, airborne lasers, and I wrote some stuff on that early on. But that was still in the proposal stage when I, when the event happened. That was uh, maybe 20-some-odd years ago. And so I don't believe it was one of ours. It might have come from the Soviets because they were shooting off some pretty powerful lasers in deep space. My, If I had to you know, put my feet to the fire and had to guess as to what it was, I would say it was probably a Soviet test of one of their laser systems, and it was one of their targets. That's, that would be my best guess on what happened there. To what degree do you think the government has interfered in the UFO field, in part by maybe misdirecting us from possible test aircraft? And is it possible that maybe at least some of those abductions were really caused by the government, with very much apologies to people like... Stephen Greer, who probably do not wish to face reality. Uh, I don't think any, I don't believe any of their original abductions. By that, I mean, you know, George and Melba are, are taken during the night. I don't believe any of those, and I'll call those original abductions, were the result of military involvement. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to find out that a week after Mary and Melba started talking about it, that they had a visit, and it may not have been within their awareness. It would surprise me if there would be possible follow-up by the U.S. military, but I don't believe that the military is involved. There's no evidence to support it. There's precious little evidence to support the abduction phenomenon in the first place, but uh, the, the stretch, there's... Uh, I remember... Oh, I can't remember the lady's name, but she was making a, a military abduction case, and she was describing the insignia, the shoulder patch of the military officer who was there leading the the uh, abduction, so to speak. And one of the people in the audience that was a military expert said, well, that's, that's wrong. The patch should have this color and be shaped like this. I corrected her. And so the next time she was abducted, she reported how as she's watching, she said she thought, 
oh, George said that it's wrong that the patch should look like this. And before her eyes, it transformed into what she had been told was the correct color and placement of the symbols. Wow. So that sort of makes me wonder how accurate some of the people who may have claimed they were abducted by the military, how accurate some of their regulations are. Well, we do know that the military does get involved in counterintelligence activities. You actually were involved very early on in the Benowitz case uh, in that you found out about Benowitz uh, early on and you started a correspondence with him. Why don't you give us a quick thumbnail on your involvement in in the very disturbing uh, events that uh, precipitated his being committed uh, to a mental hospital? Before you okay. do that, Ron, we have to do our break in a moment. I don't really another want cliffhanger? To, another cliffhanger, because Paul Benowitz is such an involved case. It requires like a 30-second summary of what it was about, and then we get into your involvement. And to give it justice, let's really let it sit to the next segment after we take care of a few pieces of business. We have Ron oh. Regeer, long interested in UFOs, worked with MUFON. He was an aerospace engineer, and we're talking about his involvement in the Paul Benowitz case with all the crazy ramifications with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV.
On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. So we've talked about Paul Benowitz in the past. We've talked about maybe William Moore getting involved in a somewhat nasty way with the Paul Benowitz case. How did you get connected with it? And maybe give our listeners the 30-second summary of what it's about first. Ron? Okay. Uh, I began corresponding with Paul oh years ago I have uh, I've got my folder of all the the letters and um, so but I, I don't remember what precipitated the whole series of correspondence oh yeah wait a minute I do too I was I was doing some uh, uh, testing at Kyle Canyon and um, Kirtland Air Force Base and Paul's was reporting strange activity at Kirtland Air Force Base, claiming it was alien or UFO activity that was going on that was causing the uh, readings he was getting. He was claiming he was getting analog signals originating from this Cayo uh, Canyon area. And the government was concerned that some of these signals may be compromised test results. And we were doing some fairly uh, sophisticated classified tests at the uh, canyon there. And so I was called to find out what was going on. From our standpoint, were, were our signals leaking such that they would be uh, sensed by someone outside the area? So that got me intrigued because I'm, I'm the UFO guy. So anyway, I started looking into 
Paul Benowitz and what was going on with him. And it turns out that it was pretty fascinating. He was sending me some photographs, uh, sending me uh, letters, long, long letters. I forget the type of aircraft he had, but it was uh, something akin to a Cessna 182. Uh, I could very well be wrong, but I don't ever remember seeing anything but the side of the prop in one of the pictures. But he would fly missions from Albuquerque up to Arcolata Mesa around Dulce and send me pictures of what he had seen and claiming that there was a, a hive, I think was the term he used, of aliens up there. And so I became intrigued. Uh, I ended up, I guess it was about a two-year period. And during this time, this was a time when Bill Moore was conducting his shenanigans and uh, uh, Dodi was involved. And so I wasn't aware at the time of Bill Moore being directly involved. I knew he had gone to Albuquerque with the intent of visiting Paul. But as far as staying at his house and witnessing some of the uh, events that were taking place. uh, Rearranging the furniture. (laughs) Yeah, well, those silly things like take all the silverware out of one drawer and put it in another drawer. Put all the clothes in his closet, uh, reverse them instead of the shirts on the left or the pants on the right or something like that. Change his socks drawer and his underwear drawer. Change those around. Little things that would just drive a person crazy after a while. And they did. Yeah, that's just wrong. Oh, absolutely. And if, if I remember right, Bill was, Bill Moore was witness to that with the premise and promise that, you know, you, you take care of us and we'll take care of you when the time comes to reveal the big bad secrets about everything UFOs, you'll get to know because you helped us out. Well, apparently that didn't work out too well for. Bill Moore or Paul Benowitz. About the uh, the film and the CIA uh, involvement with uh, this special film that he had that was for, I think, a large format camera that was used on a flight up there with uh, Colonel Edwards or Captain Edwards. Yeah, there was, well, there was, uh, I, I went uh, to Kerman and actually went in and talked to Edwards in his office. And I asked him, I said, hey, what's this about Benowitz? And I said, that I heard that uh, one of the claims he made was that he was on one of his missions and that there had been uh, a UFO that had come within, that started out more than, I think it was five miles away, and ended up right next to the airplane, your, your helicopter. And he said, yeah, he, he could, Edwards confirmed that. I said, was it under intelligent control? Or could you tell if it was under intelligent control? He said, sure, I hope so. He says, one minute it's uh, five miles away, and the next minute it's right next to the skin on the helicopter. And so he laughed. And that was the week we had to go. He was busy, but he did take the time to talk to us. So that was confirmation that he had been with Paul at one time on one flight up to the so-called alien hive at Dulce. And uh, Paul later on, or during the course of our correspondence, sent me, oh, I guess it was maybe 10, uh, 10 by 10, somewhere like that, large format enlargement. He used uh, Hasselblad 
two and a quarter by two and a quarter with the cameras taken and real good pictures. But I couldn't see any of the features in those letters. It said, here's this one you'll see. Here's the alien transporter and the guys working on the rocket ship. And there was a crashed rocket ship and it's spreading radioactivity all over. And they'd write letters to Senator uh, Domenici explaining how this is a threat to the health and safety of the citizens of the state of New Mexico. And you know, on and on, and I couldn't say anything, and I uh, eventually was able to take some of these things in and have them analyzed under, but if we had a big viewer there with look at work that would use for uh, uh, looking at old photographs, and where we could pick out enlargements and use for different things, and so I couldn't say anything. And eventually, I got a call from Gabe uh, Valdez that he needed them for some kind of court action, and that when he finished, he would return them to me. Well, uh, I think Gabe has gone on to his great reward, and I never did get my my prints back. But uh, I had a, a, a fistful of those prints from all. Yeah, I mentioned that to Greg. He's he's uh, looking through the files for them. Uh, you would think that that'd be something that would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, uh, they were large format. Like I believe they were like ten by ten. That large, large format. Yeah. But it was uh, those were heady times. I, I I really felt sorry for for Paul and everything that happened. It was just to me that that's a dark spot on UFO history that. We should remember and uh, do what we can to never allow it to happen again. Most assuredly, that was a yeah. real mess. We've talked about it quite a bit on this show. Of course, we've had Greg Bishop on. We've uh, had Greg Valdez on. Um, you know, and we have uh, discussed this uh, from time to time. The the whole Dulce uh, scenario is is a perfect example of, I think. You know, somebody's uh, misperceptions, uh, growing legs and other people glomming on to the story. And and then you have this this incredible pop culture sort of, uh, you know, legend that's now uh, accepted in many circles as fact. And uh, just watching the progression of this over the years has been fascinating. And as someone that's been involved in uh, some of the earlier underpinnings of this particular uh, urban myth, if you will. Um, what do you think about how this Dulce scenario has um, has evolved and, and grown legs, so to speak? I mean, where do you come down with all that? I, I think instead of evolved, I would use the term devolved. But that's, a, that's a personal choice. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's typical of a lot of instances where people do not do adequate research to determine what really is at the bottom to get to the truth. Let's go uh, more into doing the right research here in a moment. We have Ron Regeer, longtime UFO investigator, and we're covering a lot of ground and having him answer your questions. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN.
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you. Has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927. 866-229-0927. Or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? I'm the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Ron Regeer, continuing a long answer, which is basically yeah. about crossing a short bridge, I fear. Yeah, the, uh, the UFO field has got a lot of people who to surface research, I guess is the best way to call it. They, they, they either don't have the time or resources, desire to go out and really determine what's going on, but they sure do like to make a voice. And I'm not going to mention any names. I, uh, it's, just, it's just very frustrating. Oh, you can, Ron. That's, that's okay. We, we mention names here all the time. If, if you won't, I will. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm thinking specifically of uh, two incidents that I was willing to help out. I was at a, a crash retrieval seminar that uh, Ryan Wood was sponsoring. A very, very nice series of seminars that we should reintroduce those. And one of the presenters was lady that's quite famous in ufology, and she presented about a case of, of crashed UFO in... Uh, the state of Utah. I lived in Utah at the time. Here was this uh, mysterious triangle that uh, had been, uh, the UFO was so big that the people had to bury it and they had been, had this big facility and professors from miles around came to examine this thing and how there were UFO involvement, there was government involvement, this list of Famous people in the uh, aerospace, military, intelligence community all stormed in this little area in remote Utah. And it's uh, all uh, one of the, one of her stringers, I guess you call them, had gone out there and had examined this space, broken into some of the buildings, and determined that there was uh, clandestine activity going on. And so I was, oh, this is my state. She's, she's far, far away. I'll, I'll help her out because it sounds like a great case. So I drove out there, and I took my, uh, my wife. Well, she's my wife. Now she was at the time. And we went out and stumbled upon the place, and lo and behold, the base director was there, Stan Kitchens, and he showed us all around. He said, you know, he was disgusted because this lady has a large following, and he was unable to get his work done sometimes because of the interference from Lucky Lou's and people who wanted to come and see the aliens and the UFOs and all this other stuff. So he invited us, uh, almost demanded that we go into every single building. We went to, into every building, looked into every room, every closet. Every, you know, there, there's no way, there was nothing there that we didn't have 
not only an opportunity, but almost a demand that we look at well, it. Well, he was helping you bang on walls to find hollow spaces where the, the hidden oh, doorway yeah. to the underground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wanted this, he wanted this stopped. He, he didn't want this room to persist. And we did. We went everywhere. He showed us everything. And absolute focus. Uh, she claimed that there was a Yogi antenna that was used to, I believe, communicate with the aliens. And, he, and Stan said, no, that was, that was, uh, this is before cell phones. Uh, but it was put in. That was an attempt to have communications with uh, outside the ranch at a place where they can get senior city, where they can get communications, or they, if they need to call somebody on the telephone, they can shoot a telephone signal. The mysterious underground facility that was, uh, I forget what she claimed that was for, but that was uh, oh, the ventilator shafts. Those were uh, where the sleeping quarters were, because it gets pretty dang hot there out in the summertime. And they didn't have the uh, air conditioning then. This was built during the CCC days, Civilian uh, Conservation Corps in the 30s. And since they didn't have any uh, air conditioning, they used this force ventilation system. It was everything about the story was told. And uh, so I got some aerial photos of the area and presented this all to her. So, you know, and she was indignant and she went ahead and presented the same same story again at the same conference. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I guess, uh, pain goes no bounds sometimes. But uh, the, her other case in Utah, and I checked that one out also, was uh, involved a young man who claims that his uh, father was at uh, Area 51. And then he describes it as Jackass Flats. Well, Jackass Flats is different from Area 51. I'm just a Jackass Flats, but that's the Area 51. And, but it's uh, 40 miles away. There's a couple of ranges in between them. So we had you know, there's just all kinds of features about her. Uh, two stories about Utah that just absolutely did wash. And I just... You know, it's it's frightening to me to think that there's people of this caliber of respect that uh, absolutely make up stories, either make them up or so gullible that they repeat whatever they're told, no question. So, anyway, that's what I was referring to. Well, you know, in the UFO field just in general, Hoaxes are never resolved. We know that a case is a hoax. We prove it. Then somebody comes along and they resurrect it all over again as if the exposure didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's no corporate memory, so to speak. Yeah. No one does research. But that's also sometimes true in the mainstream media where something long ago shown to be a fallacy, false is repeated and part of it is in the mainstream media it's about false equivalence where you got to have both sides of the story even if there's only one side yeah 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 Yeah, we see that almost every night on the news well who was it was it hitler or goebbels it said if you repeat a lot a lie enough uh eventually it's accepted as truth yeah that's that's uh, unfortunately that's true. And so it's, I think it's it's really important that we have things like the Terracast 
uh, and that you open it up as you do to allow your listeners to ask questions in real time to challenge things, to, to resurrect, if you will, some of the old stories, to some of the old cases, uh, freshen them up. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> Dust right them off. Yeah, we're... Everybody remembers the late 90s when uh, there was a big splash for a short period of time on the Ray office photos that uh, James Bond Johnson took in General Ray's well, office. I was just going to ask you about that. We have a question in our question bank about that. And uh, oh. again, it's a it's a first time poster. It wants to know if you think the Ramey mem- memo may be key to Roswell. Absolutely. Why don't you give us your uh, some background on your I think, involvement? I probably want a little more more answer than that, though. So, yeah. Uh, what was your question? I'm sorry, I overtalked you. What's Just saying that uh, perhaps you could give us a quick thumbnail overview of how you got involved in this. Uh, I think that this is some of the most important work that's been done on Roswell that you never hear about. Well, I, I got I was as I told you, said earlier I was part of Orange County MUFON and. A man named James Bond Johnson, who happened to be the, one of the people that photographed something to three in General Roger Ramey's office on July 8, 1947, that was reported to be the debris of a crashed UFO. And so he approached me and he had seen my presentation. I forget what it was, something else. But he says, you don't make things up, do you? And I said, no. I said, well, not what I'm talking about presentation. I tell stories to my grandkids. But, uh, so anyway, we, we got to the discussion, and he told me who he was, and that he had been contacted by George Filer. Uh, everybody knows who George Filer is. He published Filer's Files. Right, he's uh, been on the show. Yeah, good compendium of weekly UFO activity. Anyway, George had been contacted by General Ramey's widow, and uh, she was upset because her children, General Ramey married, he was uh, substantially older than his wife, uh, and so when they got their offspring as a result, they're substantially older, younger than he is, and so uh, he's passed on, And but his kids were concerned because their father was uh, pronounced by some to be a liar. And nobody likes to have their dad called a liar. So George Spiler asked, uh, checked out, found out that Bob Johnson was the photographer, asked Bob to look into it. Bob had essentially forgotten all about it. Uh, it was convinced sometime that it was uh, blue debris. Let's go into this in our next segment because we have another cliffhanger. Okay. All right. Ron Regeer with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. You know it's coming. The signs that you're starting to age. The wrinkles that weren't there before. Those sudden lines. But what if you could hold back those signs for years to come? That can happen with a proprietary new anti-aging complex that reinvents looking younger. It's like a delete button for your wrinkles. Our philosophy is simple. No wrinkles allowed. Call 1-844-500-0815. That's 1-844-500-0815. Or go to NoWrinklesAllowed.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We haven't mentioned it so much on the show so far, but by the way, if you go to theparacast.com, that's theparacast.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, the Paracast newsletter. You sign up, we'll get to you a free copy of the ebook version of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley by our own Chris O'Brien. Free copy of his book, the ebook version. Go to theparacast.com, sign up for our newsletter. Ron Regeer, we're going back to Roswell. And the person who photographed this captured whatever it is. Right. And so James Bond Johnson called me in and he ordered, uh, I think it was a 11 by 17 print. I'm not remembering, uh, 16 by 20, a large format print. And we took it down to Staples and got an enlargement of a section of that. And sure enough, looked like what we're. Hieroglyphic markings on it. That was began our search. Um, partway through that, and one of the one of the images I ordered sixteen by twenty prints of of all four images of the uh, University of Texas Arlington is the repository of the original negatives. And I ordered sixteen by twenty prints and started looking at them. And on a sixteen by twenty print, about Three quarters of an inch or less by three eighths of an inch or so is a piece of paper in Shirabi's hand. Now, remember, a 16 by 20 print is pretty big and uh, have something that when you cut it out, it's about the size of a postage stamp. Then enlarge that, and by gosh, immediately, everybody without anything, any skill, any, well, they have to be able to read English, can read Fort Worth, Texas. I mean, it's as plain as day. And that started us on our quest to look at all the stuff, all the material, all the orders that we could find in the demo. Right now, uh, 
uh, we call it the Ramey office nibble or ROM, and read about 80% of it. I would say 50% with pretty good clarity. We're not looking at clouds in the sky. The other 30% of the 80% could be interpreted and could, could be argued as clouds in the sky, but it makes sense in context. It's uh, analogous to working on a crossword puzzle that you've got what's five letters that uh, begin with A and end with E, and what's how many words fit that? Well, above fits, and it makes sense with the words on either side of it. Can we say that that's a word that is above? No. But what other word starts with A and ends with E and looks like it may be D-O-V-E, D-O-V-E, and it's like, well, that's, that's some of the challenges, I would say. But um, more than the memo, because the memo's, memo's yeah, it's questionable. That's where, you know, you get into the esoteric arguments. Uh, it's the debris itself. Uh, bottom line, has nothing there that's part of a mogul weather balloon, part of any other weather balloon. Mysterious stuff. The beams are hollow. There's thick sheet metal. There's uh, what looks like a piece of thick glass. There's a bead of solder rolling down, leaving a trail. I mean, there's, there's some intriguing stuff. But nothing in there is part of a mogul. So what is it? Well, I don't know if it's UFO. I've never seen a crashed UFO unless this is a crashed UFO. But I know it's not what the Air Force said it was, not what the Air Force said it is. They tried to convince us by sending us to publishing two huge volumes, which they didn't <laughs> paginate, which makes it a lot of fun to go through and try to follow them. So that's what we're doing now is uh, I'm, Starting a, about halfway through, maybe a book, uh, working title SWAT, another Dame Roswell book, and uh, showing the results <laughs> of all the work we've done. <laughs> you like that, Chris? Uh, we've done on these Ramey office photos, found uh, out the time of day. Well, how do we do that? Well, there's a, you look through the window of one of the photographs, you can see a front bumper and license plate frame of what turns out to be a 41 Buick, which is the staff car Joe Ramey had. And there's a shadow there. Well, knowing the latitude launch to it, and the shadow, measuring the shadow angle, we can determine the time of day. That's called science, boys and girls. And that's what we did. And we can... We thought of maybe there were more than one photographer, although Bond is credited uh, now in both circles with being the only photographer. We have determined from Bond's own surprise why he was the only photographer there, why he was there first, why General Ramey called the Star Telegram to have him come out, why General Ramey didn't call anybody else. He owed the Star Telegram a big favor, and we'll let you know that one later on. So there, there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of really fun stuff in these photographs. So yeah, that's what we're working on. Is, uh, like I said, nothing in there is part of the mogul. Nothing in there is part of a weather balloon. Everybody was picking up weather balloons in that area. They were launching several per day, sometimes on some basis, hourly weather balloon launches. Because we didn't have satellite technology to determine winds, uh, winds at altitude, uh, things like that. So, as a result, we had a plethora of weather balloons. My wife picked up a weather balloon when she was a young child working, uh, living on a farm back east. She knew what it was. She was seven years old. 
So to say that the most intelligent bomb group, the 509th, dropped this atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, couldn't identify a weather balloon or balloons that had another mission, it's innate. It, it makes no sense at all. One thing yeah. wrong about this whole scenario that you brought up to me in a conversation we had some years back was that because of the timing of the press conference and because of the urgency to uh, get ahead of this story and debunk it, that you feel that there's a possibility that the real wreckage was actually drug in there because they didn't have time to replace it. Right. And uh recalls that you can see in uh, some of the pictures brown paper bags with, with something still in them. And he recalls that you know, this is just junk, and he spread it out, tried to make it look presentable. So he was way he, he thinks he was ahead of the story. General Ramey, uh, according to, I think it was uh, Major DuBose, or Colonel DuBose, was down at the flight line checking out the B-29 that had the wreckage. They used the B-29 to haul the wreckage up to uh, down from Roswell to Carswell in Fort Worth. So there was uh, a lot of wreckage, um, uh, memories from uh, witnesses say that Brazil, the original rancher, lugged a piece of it into a sheep shed with using his tractor. Just all kinds of discrepancies between the official version and hundreds of witnesses that we're, we're depending on, for the most part, on ours. We're not going out doing a lot of witness interviews. We're, we're, Neil Morris and uh, Great Britain and I are doing a, a resurrection, so, so to speak. And there's no need to go out and review a lot of witnesses. Besides, a lot of them are passed on. But uh, there's been some excellent work done, and we're relying on that work to sort of fill in some of the gaps as to where we got to where we are. And but we're relying on the photographs themselves. They they tell the story. And that's uh, there's an electrical connect. What appears to be an electrical connector on one of them. Uh, uh, snaps uh, buckle about like you use on uh, equipment to buckle equipment together. Uh, the struts, if you will, the that are supposedly bamboo or hollow. Uh, just <laughs> fascinating stuff. And we, I mean, we didn't use any what you might call digital manipulation. We changed contrast a little bit sometimes because, like on the memo, there are some parts that are more illuminated than others. Nothing that anybody that has a home computer didn't use Photoshop at all. All we used was contrast and adjustments and brightness adjustments. That's it. Let's move past Roswell, I'm going to ask just one question and we'll move past it because we've covered it so often. And that is, and we'll get to it in the next segment, whether there will ever be an answer to Roswell or is it just basically covering the same old ground over and over again? Ron Regeer oh, joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com 
That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable, and black bean olive. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today. Eat them every day, take them camping, or save them for an emergency. Check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com, where all of our products are produced in Oregon by Oregon Trail Foods. 30dayfoodsupply.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 
so maybe this photo analysis will have some clues. But overall, really, the final proof of Roswell is the crashed spaceship, if it exists still. How are we uh, ever going to solve it? I don't know if we'll ever solve it per se. It's like any other uh, mystery or crime, if you will. Not all, you don't need a, always need a body to get a conviction for murder. And a preponderance of evidence beyond a reasonable doubt would, would do it. And I think we've, we've disproven beyond any doubt whatsoever that what the Air Force claims three times, they changed their story three times, uh, happened in that. So are they going to come clean? Maybe. Maybe not. They have no incentive to. But I think it's important to to shed light and release the information that we have so that intelligent people can make their own determination of what really happened. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're doing work that nobody else has done. Chris, you want to get to some more questions? Sure. I was just going to say just one thing before we leave the whole uh, subject of Roswell. Do you know if, if this Ramey memo and photographic analysis work has been um, embraced by the so-called Roswell Dream Team, uh, headed up by Kevin Randall and, and others? Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. <laughs> I, I would think that. that this would be like some of the, the <laughs> some of the type of information they would jump all over because it is uh, it is a fresh approach uh, to a very uh, downbeaten uh, horse. <laughs> yeah, I know Kevin Randall is uh, not a fan of Bon John. Kevin uh, interviewed Bon several times and got different answers. Is uh, a lot of it because Bon. Just didn't remember, and after he talked to different people, oh yeah, I remember. The same as all of us have changes in, in, in uh, events from 50 years ago after we start thinking about them. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get some naysayers from the so-called UFO experts. The the gold standard of uh, Roswell ufology. That's okay. That's why in the book I really want to present uh, both an electronic copy where people can look at the images and a DVD where people can look at the images we looked at, uh, draw their own conclusions. Because uh, we're not doing anything magic. We're not hiding anything. We're not. We may be plowing an old deal, but we're turning up new dirt. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. yeah. Doesn't matter how much you dig, you always seem to uncover more dirt <laughs> when yeah. you dig. So that's. And so we're trying to, to, to bring the, the truth, as we know, from what we've done, to light, to, so that people can, again, make their own determination. But this is stuff that nobody's seen, nobody's heard, nobody's studied this before. Yeah, well, it's always good to come up with a fresh uh, angle of of approach uh, in old cold cases like this. Now, let's kind of move on a little bit and uh, talk about some of your more recent pursuits. Uh, one of which is the uh, the very intense study of southwestern uh, Indian or Native American uh, petroglyphs. Now, yeah. you you've been working on this for quite some time. I've I've made a number of trips with you. You've taken me to some very very intriguing petroglyph sites. We've got a, a number of questions in our forum at forum.theparacast.com that relates to this kind of work, and and I think people are, are generally interested in how you've come about with your interpretive skills uh, based on the amount of work that you've done. And Wade Ridsdale, who uh, is one of our 
are just uh, esteemed posters at forum.theparacast.com. He just uh, passed the 3,000 post mark. <laughs> There's not many of us on the forum, myself included, that have posted 3,000 posts. Um, but he says, uh, regarding your work studying the abduction contact experience with the local Native peoples, he wonders, first of all, how far back does this research go? And he, he mentions that, uh, you know, we often talk here at the Paracast about how certain time periods tend to produce visual evidence that may be reflective of the technology of the times when it relates to images of uh, potential craft or aliens. And uh, he, he wants to know if there's some sort of religious component to the petroglyph uh, depictions of what appear to be alien types and uh, and crafts. You know, he, he wonders if you found a similar progression in reports uh, of this type involving Native Americans. And he wonders if there's some sort of evolution among petroglyph images in terms of de- de- depicting what may be alien types and whether these are just simply religious depictions. Are they depictions uh, based on some sort of psychotropic plants or Give us your 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 background in this field and uh, how your thinking has evolved in this particular realm. Okay, last statement first. There's absolutely no evidence then or now that any of the writers, and I call them writers as opposed to artists, of uh, just any psychotropic class, they they don't today, and they didn't then. And the reason I can make that fairly state firm is they seem to be. The predecessors are the ancestors of the Puebloan people. They would call them, I think, the archaic Puebloans or the ancestral Puebloans, uh, the Zuni, the Hopi, the Zia, the Laguna, the people who today inhabit a lot of the Southwest as, and, uh, and live in Pueblos. So let's just call them collectively Hopi and Zuni, because I don't mean to cast any dispersions on anyone, but that's... That seems to be where most of the rock writing correlates to. And I found three sites so far that the glyphs depict accurately a story or a myth or a legend within Hopi lore. One of them was a, a glyph of a big snake that was tossed off the cliff and bounced out, and people were regurgitated out of its mouth. And you could see the people flying out of the vector glyph of the snake and the people still inside the snake. And that's that's a, one of the Hopi legends. Well, that well, legend is inscribed in rock. It's in, the story is told right there. Another one was the uh, story of the development of the Hopi snake dance. And that's, that's a beautiful series of uh, glyphs that shows and the end result being exactly the way the snake dance is performed today. An interesting one up close to uh, where I lived until I moved to Arizona is a glyph of uh, Sambaki. He was the god of the Bow Clan. And back in the day, the Bow Clan invaded the fields and took the corn of the snake clan. And they had a war, and the deities fought the war. Masavaki was the deity of the bow clan he lost. And as punishment for all eternity, he has to go around with a snake in his mouth. And so there's a big glyph above this, what would have been a cornfield, so there's water, beautiful cultivated ground. And there's Samaki on the cliff face with a snake in his mouth, which is, uh, to me, says 
keep out or this is what will happen to you. Don't mess with this field. This is this is not bow plan. <laughs> so there's, there's rock writing that correlate to legends and stories that are still being told. Let's discuss the rock writing and more in our next segment with Ron Regeer and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi, Dr. Hurley here to give you information you may not want to hear. Approximately 70,000 chemicals are currently used and released into the environment in the United States each year, and 30 million kilograms of these toxic chemicals are known to cause cancer. And now the good news. Longevity's five-day cleansing program can drastically reduce the toxins in your body. For more information about the five-day cleanse, visit drhurley.net or call 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Hi, Dr. Lorraine Hurley here. Would you wait till you're dying of thirst before digging a well? Well, why wait until you're sick before getting the nutrients you need? Longevity's Healthy Start Pack has all the essential nutrients your body needs. The 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, and 2 fatty acids just aren't available in most people's diets. Your body needs these nutrients, and the Healthy Pack 2.0 has them all covered. Get your Healthy Body Pack by calling 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Or visit drhurley.net today. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. 
Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by Verisign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Tell us more about the rock writing. How detailed is it? How And what does it depict? Ron? Okay, there's uh, one panel I took uh, Chris to. It's a triptych. There's three panels on one rock. Uh, the rock is... Uh, uh, your, your audience might get a kick out of how I found it. I was had this guy come up and said, "You're the UFO guy, aren't you?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "You got to go down to the Kusnex. There's this right big rock all by itself, about a mile off a dirt road, and it's got four foot tall aliens on it. You're gonna love it." Well, after seven hours of searching, I found it there about what would you say, Chris? Four inches tall, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, what it describes shows the first panel: a person fleeing from a possible flying shield, a UFO. The next panel shows uh, being captured or taken by a flying serpent. And the next panel shows him being returned by a spirit person after his return was blocked by a serpent. So that's that's one interesting panel or series of panels there. And so one thing your your listeners should probably realize, and no, maybe most of them do, is that you ask the question about are these religious in nature or temporal, so to speak. There is no distinctive separation between the two. Most of the deities that I know of don't really put their church on a Sunday and live their lives differently to the same extent that many white people do. The two are interwoven. There's magic and spirit and, if you will, God in almost everything. And so our Earth Mother is is sacred and is everything else. And so to, to, to separate them isn't really a proper thing to do. They're, they're interwoven in their culture and their beliefs and the way they live their lives. And so they're, they're just there as part of it. So I, I would suggest that we, we don't try to look at it as two separate phases of something going on. The writings themselves are... are the same throughout the world. And if you want to learn how to read them, uh, get some books on Indian Sign Language. Um, that'll give you a good start. Uh, some of the symbols on the rocks are the same as the sign language. So, you know, you've seen Western movies where the 
natives from one tribe are speaking to another tribe. Neither of them speaks each other's language, but they move with their hands in almost like American Sign Language, and they understand. That's, that's the same thing. That's uh, Sign Language. Uh, Red Eyes Cody has a book, or Iron Eyes Cody. I mean, oh, I can't remember all of the books, but there's quite a few of them. If you want to learn how to read the symbols and to do it, you know, study it. It's, it's a fascinating field of endeavor. And there's been panels that I've found that show there's one up here uh, north of Moab that there's 14 large life-size picture, pictographs uh, painted with pigments uh, and dyes that uh, are maybe 5,000 years old. And across the valley, maybe 100 yards, 150 yards away, it's a five other images, and they're all red. They, they, they just look kind of nasty. And it turns out those are the watchers on the 14 of the watchers keeping watch over the five on the other side of the valley, keeping back the skinwalker, which is made famous by George Napper called Kelleher's book, The Skinwalker Ranch. There's, there's tie-ins between this ancient history, 5,000 B.C. and today, in these writings, and it's, it's fascinating. It's uh, what keeps me going some days. Um, yeah, the Sago Canyon glyphs are some of the most impressive I have personally ever seen. The image of the horned guardian, uh, for lack of a better term, just had a just a very almost disturbing vibe to it that um, it's very hard to describe. Uh, you, you almost have to stand in front of it and and really kind of soak it in uh, would be the only way I could describe it. But it's also interesting that that Sago Canyon area with these uh, almost life-size uh, figures is right at the very southern tip of the uh, Uinta uh, Ute Indian Reservation. And if, uh, if you continue up that canyon, you then enter into the southwestern portion of the Uinta uh, basin, uh, the Uinta Ute Reservation, which of course is the location further north and east of the infamous Sherman Ranch or the Skinwalker Ranch case. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you ran for Congress at one point uh, for the district that actually the Skinwalker Ranch is located on. Is that correct? Yes, for three separate elections I did. Um, and uh, didn't get elected, but I had an interesting time doing it. Now, that wasn't part of your campaign platform to... Uh... No. <laughs> then, then there would be no no question in my mind why you did not get elected um but uh so if you had been elected let's say what steps would you have undertaken to get some sort of um transparency uh for lack of a better term about what was going on up there uh would you have attempted to tackle that particular scenario in that can of worms or uh, barrel of snakes for lack of a better <laughs> term I, I don't know if I would have or not. I, I certainly would have wanted to go on to the ranch and find out what was going on. And uh, I, I, I never did do that. But I would have really, I was, I'm still intrigued by it. And uh, the more I know about this, the more I think, well, probably going on to the ranch isn't a good idea. Uh, from what I've heard, there's not always the best things happen up there. That uh, for some people were injured, and uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but, uh, you know, it's, it's 
as, as I get a little bit older, I get to the point where, you know, that's, I don't have to jump off the cliff to know that when you hit the bottom, it hurts. And I, I, I think that the important thing is to find out from other people who jumped off the cliff how bad does it hurt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I would probably have just asked uh, for more information on it. And right. That took me Where do you come down on that on the ranch scenario? Uh, I'm, you know, you were state director of Utah. You, uh, you know, do have some familiarity, obviously, with the case. Uh, what do you think is going on up there? And do you think it's morphed over time? Do you think uh, initially, uh, maybe back historically, it was one thing, and then it was something else once Bigelow got involved, and when he got the scientists up there, it may, maybe morphed again. Uh, what do you think? Uh, let's hear your I, thinking I think, on that. I, I think it's been going on for millennia. Uh, the, the, the figures at Sago are, and, and they're, by the way, on the next valley over is, uh, from what I've been told by you, it's a youth elder that's always in residence up in the hill there who serves the same purpose ceremonial keeping of the skinwalker from coming down and discouraging other people from going up, although the, there's no ready access from the other canyon. But uh, I, I think it's been going on for maybe six, 7,000 years, this uh, skinwalker roaming the area and wreaking havoc on unsuspecting people. And I don't know if I buy the uh, story that it was the argument between the Utes and the Navajo, and it's, uh, I don't even believe that it's a skinwalker per se, because skinwalkers, according to the Navajo, are shape-shifting shaman types of people. And uh, I was up in, uh, what's been over a year now, uh, with a, a Navajo, and were breaking camp and yelled out and damn uh, Walker and uh, I said what's what's wrong and he always shot a voice dart at me. Uh oh, these skinwalkers, you got to watch out for these guys. We have more to yeah. talk about with Ron Regeer in our next segment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So what would it feel like if a skinwalker shot a dart at you? What's well, that about? It, Ron Regeer? I was with the Navajo elder, and he was, we were breaking camp, and he yelled out. He was upset because a skinwalker fired a dart, a poison dart at him. Nasty yeah, kind I, of person here, right? Well, I've, I've got the dart on my desk here in a package. I'm going to get it tested from a a uh, organic chemist to see uh, if there's any sort of toxin or something on it that uh, we've run into some problems finding somebody that has the uh, well th- that is willing to do the types of tests on this uh, particular artifact that that need to be done. 
So I gathered it up, uh, not touching it, putting it in a fresh aluminum foil, wrapping it up, sealing it as best I could, and brought it home and eventually ended up in uh, Chris's hands to try to find out what, what, if anything, is on it. But that was, uh, he claimed it was a sheep uh, skinwalker, which is not a whole history or the shape-shifting, they could go from man to coyote to ravens to other birds and things like that. They're not really the same as what has been reported up at the ranch. Well, and culturally, uh, you know, the Utes don't really have a tradition of skinwalkers. That's a Diné Apache, uh, you know, Navajo tradition, if you will. I've always wondered about Kelleher and Knapp going to a Diné uh, descriptive uh, term about a Diné black magician when uh, talking about a, a ranch on a Ute Indian reservation. It's like almost talking about apples and oranges. And the fact that yeah. this kind of this kind of um, switching of cultural reference points from one to another uh, is subterfuge uh, in my, in my, I, I always felt that it muddied the waters and now it's skinwalker this skinwalker that. And, you know, the Utes and the Navajo uh, had a problem uh, with one another because the Utes actually were hired by the U S army as scouts when the army was out uh, subjugating the Navajo. So you've, you've had an animosity there for 150 some odd years almost. And, and this may be uh, <laughs> some, some paranoia on the part of the youths thinking that the, the Navajo are still mad at them for helping out the U S army subjugate them. So, you know, I've always felt that this whole, uh, uh, application of that term to that ranch has been, um, just muddying the waters, uh, uh to put it politely, uh, to, to uh, take the extra step. It's, it's, it's a bait and switch subterfuge tactic. I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a skinwalker per se. And, uh, I don't remember if I showed you the glyph of the skinwalker at the Seagull. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. It's around the corner uh, on the right. uh, east side, and it's it's up uh, up a little higher, and it's uh, almost perpetually in shadow, so it's very difficult to take a photograph of it. I did take a photo of it, though. Okay, it's something you might want to... Can you post that on Paracast so people can see what we're talking about? Yeah, I can go ahead and post all the photographs that I took there at Sago Canyon. It, it is really, um, in my opinion, of all the petroglyph sites that I've seen, it's the one that evokes the most uh, emotional response, I think, in, in someone standing there looking at it. Uh, there's little doubt, I think, of, of, <laughs> of, of the um, purpose that may have been behind you know, placing that those uh, images there. Uh, if those aren't guardians and protectors, uh, I don't. I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I think all your listeners at once they should put on their bucket list. And it's fairly easy to find. It's just east of uh, Green River, Utah, right off Interstate seventy. It's about what two miles in. Uh, yeah, it's a little over three miles, but it's paved road all the way. Good road. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it it is the side that uh, is on private property. I mean, you can literally walk right up to it, and I'm surprised that those those glyphs are in such pristine condition. There there are, you know, over the, over the last hundred years, there's been graffiti and other things that are put nearby, but, but people have respected those images uh, because they are so powerful and so 
uh, spooky, uh, for lack of a better term. And and I'm not surprised that they're still there in a, a very pristine condition. And uh, I think Sherwin Williams and all the paint producers really wish they knew the secret to how to make a, a, a coating that would last for six, seven thousand years without fading it very much. There, but yeah. there are other panels also that uh, we didn't get to that are not quite as impressive, but uh, tell the stories. There's one that shows the black a black dragon. Which I thought was intriguing. Uh, there's one that shows uh, the birth of Earth Mother and uh, the birth of the Earth and people, how people are standing around, and that's called a birthing stone. And they always mistake it. They look at the other images on the rock. They're just a fascinating series of images. Down here uh, near Camp Verde, there's a ZBarZ ranch. That, uh, has a set of images on it that uh, talk about seasonal planting requirements and when, when and where and how to plant. Right. And red tank draw with a huge boulder filled with animal screwing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been going on for years. Uh, yeah, about- it's kind of part of life, you know. Animals got to mount each other and make other animals. Yeah. So, Ron, what, we got to wrap this up here. And it's, uh, you know, again, our... My favorite shows are, are the most fascinating that just fly by, and this is this is a good example of one. What 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 are you currently working on now? What's in the future here? We have a couple of minutes for you to kind of give us a sense of what what your projects are. Okay, well, um, I'm preparing a, uh, as I said earlier, a book on the Roswell photos, and I'm also working on documenting the rock writings that I've found and uh, just, just trying to get, get people to where they will respect them for what they are instead of denigrating them as the you know, rock art like it's like it's some type of 2,000 year old graffiti and it, it, it's not it's a, they, they all have a spiritual component as well as a temporal component to them and it's, it's it's important to, with uh, especially as as we get more and more electronics that we can look back and see that uh, this was before the day of Xbox. This was before the day of any type of electronic mental stimulation, if you will. And my big big overall concern, and one I really want to get started on soon, is to sit down with an elder and let them just tell their stories of their their nation and so that when they're gone that uh, this will be an archive set of documents video documents if you will that the kids who are 10, 11, 9 years old now who have no interest whatsoever when they're in their 30s they can say I should have listened to grandpa but now I've got it on a DVD. I could hear what Grandpa had to say. Hey, Ron Regeer, let's kind of wrap it up here. Can you tell our listeners where we can find more of the things you're working on? I wish I had a website. I don't. Uh, maybe that's something I should start working on. But uh, I'd say just be patient. Listen to the Paracast. And what I will do as soon as I come up with either a website or my book, I'll let Chris know or you know, and we'll we'll put it on the Paracast. But right now, I don't even have a webpage. I'm, I'm busy doing stuff instead of 
talking about stuff. <laughs> I know about stuff. Speaking of stuff, we have free stuff for you, by the way. We can get you a copy of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley from Chris O'Brien. It's an ebook version, and here's how to get your copy. Go to theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Front and center is a place where you sign up for our weekly Paracast newsletter where you get an update on current and future shows and weekly commentaries. You subscribe free. We send you a link to the ebook version of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. You can also find us on Twitter at the Paracast. We're the Paracast on Twitter. Also check us out on Facebook. There are two Paracast fan clubs. Don't ask me how that started. Chris's own site is OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. He's done some great updates lately on a new cattle mutilation case. And if you buy a copy of his latest book, Stalking the Herd, from the site, you buy the print edition, he signs it, he numbers it until the pen loses ink. But he's got extra pens, so it's okay. Ron Regeer, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. 